I just don't think that we want God like we say we want God. I think people say they want God, but they want God on their own conditions. And they just, they just don't work. Let me just go on into the message. Tell your neighbor, what type of pastor do you want? What type of pastor do y'all want? Do you want one that'll lie to you or do you want the truth? So hard. Let me say this before I get to going. Why y'all think I'm so hard? I'm really not as hard as what God really want me to do. I pamper y'all. If I really gave it to y'all strong and hard like God be telling me to tell y'all, I don't know if y'all be able to handle it. Some of y'all pastor talking. And y'all can't handle it. All right. Going. So, come on, let's get into the word. First Samuel chapter 13, starting at the seventh verse. I'm really going to try to be quick. 1 Samuel 13, starting at the 7th verse, and it said, And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal. Ain't that something? He had a place where he ain't supposed to be. It's amazing how many times your leaders and your pastors and people that really love you and, and different people that can speak into your life realize you in a place that you shouldn't be, but yet still you don't want to hear them. Well, that's rough right there. That's a mess all in itself. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all of the people followed him trembling. Everybody that go with you don't necessarily mean that they willingly want to go. Some of them go with you trembling. They really don't want to do it, but because they're loyal to you, they're going, even though in their mind they're saying, we should not be doing this. Uh, let, me, let me make a point that ain't even in the notes. Sometimes people will go along with you because they love you, not because they agree with you. And just because they agree with you is not condonement. It's just loyalty. And so you don't need my, you don't need my loyalty alone. You want me to condone, but you want me to do it in a righteous way. I'm, let me not get ahead of myself. So it says, and, and, and it says, and all of the people follow him trembling. Verse 8 and said, and he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. Ain't that something? How is the man of God coming to a place where the people are supposed to be, but when he get there, they ain't there? Oh, boy, that's almost like a pastor that expect the people to be at the church, and when he get there, they ain't there. And Saul said, bring hither a burnt offering to me and peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. Now, wait a minute. That's out of order. You ain't no priest. You just a king. But notice what he did. He did something in his own strength. And you can do something in your own strength because you want to do it. But really, did God call you to do it? Oh, boy, I think I'm preaching already. And Saul said, bring hither a burnt offering to me and a peace offering. He knee offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he made an end to the offering, right after it happened, offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, the prophet came, the man of God came. And Saul went out to meet him that he, may, that he might salute him like he ain't did nothing wrong. Let me go on and meet the man of God like he ain't do nothing wrong like some of y'all do. Like some people in the church do. Try to praise the Lord, Pastor, knowing that they, they own dirt. Let me let me just let me. 
And Samuel said, why hast thou done this? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me. They ain't with me, in other words. And that thou came not within the days appointed. You didn't even come when I thought you should have came. And that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. Therefore, I said I, the Philistines will come down now unto me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced, I forced, I forced, I forced, y'all hear that? I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. Why are you forcing yourself to do something that you know that God didn't call you to do? Why, why are you forcing things? If it's God, you wouldn't have to force it. I know some of y'all watch Star Wars and said, let the force be with you. Is the force with you or not? Or are you doing the forcing? And Samuel said unto Saul, thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. See, you ain't even do what God told you to do in the first place. And you trying to go further in God. How you going to do that? You ain't do the first thing God said. Tell your neighbor, go back to the last thing that God told you. Before you try to go any further. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolish, foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom unto Israel forever. See, you already, you, if you would have did what God told you to do, God would have gave you a kingdom forever. He would have kept you king. He would have kept you blessed. But let's continue to see what happened. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. See, you already jacked yourself up. Doing what you wanted to do. Yeah, I get what I'm saying. <laughs> doing what you wanted to do. Now you messed your own self up. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Ain't that something? Wow. Oh, man. God give what God had for you to somebody else, because you didn't want to be obey. Obedience. Um, let me not get ahead of myself. 1 Samuel 15, 23 and 24, it says... In 1 Samuel 23, I mean 1 Samuel chapter 15, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 23 and 24, the scriptures read, For rebellion is at the sin of witchcraft. Oh, let, let, let me jump back. Let me go up one more, verse 22 of 1 Samuel 15. And Samuel said, the Lord, Have the Lord, and Samuel said, has the Lord as great has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Listen to that statement. And Samuel said, "Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying His voice? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, yeah, yeah. and to hearken than what the fat of rams. In other words, listening is better than giving." Come on, amen. Everybody always worried about how much you got to give when you come to a ministry. Mm -hmm. But sometimes your obedience is better than your giving. It sure is. Yes, yes. If I really was going to pastor you, I would tell you that your money doesn't, doesn't get you out of being disobedient. Mm -hmm. it don't. Just because you give don't mean that you have a right to be disobedient. Yeah. 
You might as well just keep your money. Keep your money while you think that your money is going to buy you obedience. Money doesn't buy obedience. See, you can't try to pimp the ministry by saying I'm not going to give to the church because they don't want to do and support me and get and do what I want them to do. You can't pimp the ministry like that. Keep your money. Your money perish with you. You can keep the money. That's okay. I was going to give $150 to the ministry. The ministry know they need it. Nope, you keep your $150. God will give increase in other places. He will cause other people to support the ministry. Because when ministries are ordained of God, he will give provision. I know y'all don't. Yeah, I know y'all. Y'all ain't liking me right now. But that's all right. Verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And check this out. Rebellion is like witchcraft and stubbornness as the iniquity and idolatry. See, we always talk about rebellion, but check this out. It's talking about being stubborn. Being stubborn is just as bad. Why don't we ever talk about that? Being stubborn is a bad thing, too. Tell your neighbor, stop being stubborn. Stop being stubborn. Stop being stubborn. And so stubborn and stubbornness is as the iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Understand this. When you reject what God wants you to do, when you reject God, guess what? You lose in the meanwhile. You lose at that point because you are choosing that the, that the things that you want is greater than God in your life. I'm almost done. Amen. Take your time. So, Rebellion and stubbornness is a rejection of God. Oh, let me give my the title of the message is Let God In by Yielding to Him. That's the title of the Let God In by Yielding to Him. Whenever we do these things, whenever we allow ourselves to rebel, I'm, I know I'm preaching in a whole different way because normally I read all the scripture. I'm doing some uh, what they call exponential preaching. Go taking the scriptures and then breaking it down. Rebellion is, is bad because it's like witchcraft. But in order to get to the place of rebellion, you first have to be stubborn. Mm-hmm. Nobody has gotten to a place, a, a place of rebellion until they first got to a place where they gotten stubborn. Now, how do I know you're being stubborn? Because you choose not to obey. Mm-hmm. Listening to what God is saying is more important. So many examples we have where the people they, they understood and they respected the men and women of God. They respected the prophets. They respected the priests. But in this day and time, I don't see that same level of respect. Now, granted, you do have crooked preachers. But just because you have crooked preachers don't mean it's still right to rebel. Right. And, so, and so you have to make sure that if you are truly serving a pastor, a leader that is a man and woman of God that you and they're telling you things that you know the word of the Lord is coming out of their mouth. You know that they're men and women of God. You know that they're men and women of integrity. You don't buck against that. Mm-hmm. You don't do what Saul did. Saul said, well, the people were scattering and you didn't come at the time that I thought you was going to get here. Ain't that something? Who is Saul? To choose whether or not the prophet should be there at the time that he wanted. Amen. Who are you to decide whether your pastor should say what they want to say to you? Well, I'm going to just leave that alone. Come on. 
Who are you to say, well, pastor shouldn't have said that. How do you know that wasn't the word of the Lord for you? Now, now, I'm not saying that it's okay for pastors to talk crazy and do things out of order, just so y'all get that clear. I'm not saying that they got a right to talk, to bash the people and to, to harm the shepherd, the sheep. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you can't, the Bible says you can't judge another man's servant. It's not your job to decide whether or not the pastor is flowing in the way that you think he should flow. And so here it is, Saul is in a situation where he rebelled because he was stubborn and he ended up doing the very thing that he shouldn't have did because he felt that he was forced to do something instead of waiting on God. The Bible says, wait on the Lord, I say. What is the problem in this day and time that don't nobody want to wait on God? We're in a day and time where people just don't want to wait. They don't want to wait for God to open the door of opportunity. They don't want to wait for God to send them the man or woman that the man, the, the woman don't want, want to wait for the man that God is going to send her. The man don't want to uh, be led to the woman that God wants him to have. And so everybody, because they don't want to wait, they're rushing and forcing things. Come on, come on. Because they don't want to wait for God to grow the ministry. They want to move to a different city. Ain't no ministry growth in Milwaukee. I might as well move to Texas. Because uh -oh. you don't want to wait. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? Why haven't you decided to wait on the Lord? I'm going to tell you why. Because you think that your plans are greater than God's plans. But God knows your plans and your plans is going to find you out. Your plan is not going to work. Except, let me, I said this last Sunday, I have no idea why I'm saying this again. The scripture said, except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain that build it. You, you build it on vain things. It's not going to turn out how you think it's going to turn out. And you keep on being stubborn like Paul, like Saul was. You keep on being stubborn like Saul, and you keep on rebelling, and you don't think that you're rejecting God, but your stubbornness and your rebelling is bringing, guess what, a situation where you're going to lose out. It's not going to work out like you think it's going to work out, baby. Man. You think it's going to work out a certain way, and guess what? The devil is so sick, he'll make it even look good. But it ain't going to work it out that way. You got to know that God knows what you need better than you do. Stop thinking that you can't handle waiting. Amen. Oh, Lord, y'all going to make me go here because y'all too quiet for me today. You want to know why some of us got jacked up credit? Because we couldn't wait. And so we ended up making wrong purchases and, and we ended up wrecking our credit and we ended up putting ourselves in bind and then we can't pay the bill and then next thing you know, 30 days pass due, 60 days pass due, 90 days pass due and our credit is wrecked because we couldn't wait. Hey man, that is true. You're talking to me. You want to know why we don't have friends? It's because we didn't decide to wait whether or not they were going to be loyal friends or not. We decided because of how they didn't agree with us that all of a sudden they ain't our friends no more. And we've lost friendships that could have helped us grow because guess what? We couldn't wait for the results. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's 
There are many of people that have gotten married and end up divorced or they end up in bad marriages all because they didn't want to wait for who God wanted to give them. They decided God was taking too long and they found somebody that said, I like you too. And because they couldn't wait, they, they suffer because of it. You not waiting is a cost to you. I don't know how many times that I've mentioned this. I don't know how many times that I said, you shouldn't do this. And people still do it. And then months later, years later, sometimes immediately, guess what? They found out I was right. And then they realized that I wasn't trying to hate on them. I'm trying to warn you. And it's amazing that you're not that I'm trying to warn you and you thinking that I'm trying to hold you back but I'm trying to let you know you're rebelling is causing you not to let God in. You can't say that you want God to be in everything you doing and you don't wait on him. Y'all even listening to me. Let me let me read these two scriptures. Let me read these scriptures. James 4 verses 7 and 8. James 4 7 and 8. And I'm almost done. James 4, 7, and 8. You know, one of the things that, that is our biggest hindrance is our opinions. You want to know why our opinions hurt us? Our opinions hurt us because we feel like our opinions are based on facts. But guess what? God knows your opinions are based on limited information. And so the Bible tells us to um, acknowledge the Lord in all his our ways and he'll direct our path. Why is God telling us to, to acknowledge him in every way? You want me to tell you why? Are y'all hearing me? Y'all want me to tell you why God is telling you acknowledge me in all my ways? He's telling you that because he wants you to understand that if you don't acknowledge me in all my ways, there's going to be some errors along the way. Now, are we perfect, meaning flawless? No. But the Bible does command us to be ye perfect, which means to be mature. So stop walking around here talking about ain't nobody perfect. God has called you to be perfect, which means to be mature. When are you going to be mature? When are you going to wait out the things that God has for you? When are you going to? The reason why we can't grow sometimes is because we don't want to wait and we don't want to obey. My, my, my kids, they always want something. My my wife always sees something, ooh, that would be nice. But sometimes, as a husband, I tell her, that is nice. But guess what? We're going to have to wait on getting that. And she has to make a decision. Is she going to pout and scream and be all upset and yell at everybody in the house, slamming the doors and act ridiculous? Or is she going to wait when it's the wise time to do it? Yeah. 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 What did she do? Oh, 
boy, y'all are not getting what I'm saying. This is not about the first lady. Are y'all understanding my statement? The statement is, is that we all have situations where, where we're going to see things that we want. But we have to learn that there is a blessing in waiting. Because waiting has us get to the point where we learn how to yield to God. Oh, yes. That's right. Let me read the scripture. I only got three others. I only got four scriptures. I'm done. James 4 and 7 and 8. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, remember the scripture. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You are so double-minded. At one point in time, you say, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do everything that he calling me to do. And then on the flip side, you're going to say, well, I got to do what I got to do. You are so double-minded. On one minute, you say, I trust the Lord. I believe the Lord. And then on the next minute, you say, well, you know, I do believe and trust the Lord, but this is hard. This is hard. The Bible tells you that you got to endure hardness as a soldier. It's going to Get hard. Stop whining in your root beer. Stop crying about how hard it is, how difficult it is, how difficult it is, how hard it is. Life is hard. What are you going to do? Give up life? And that'll be stupid. Oh, uh, you don't supposed to say stupid, Pastor, because you're in the plaza. Okay, that's not wise. Because you don't know when your next good day is coming. And so you have to learn to wait on the Lord because you never know when he's going to open the door for you. Yes. And y'all understanding what I am Ooh, saying. Yes, I hear you. I yes, hear you. Lord, yes. And so you have to learn not to be so double-minded. Mm-hmm. When are you, the Bible made the statement, how, many, how long are you going to be hot between two opinions? Mm-hmm. At what point in time are you going to be... St- in between two opinions. One minute you want to serve God, the next minute you don't want to serve God. Why is it that whenever you, when people hear a message and they know it's hitting them, all of a sudden everything else is on their mind? Mm-hmm. They wow, well, I didn't know that uh, there was a stain in the ceiling of the church. The window is, when they open that window? <laughs> Oh I wonder why they turning around in the service. They shouldn't be on their phone like that. You so distract you. We try to distract our way out of correction. We try to distract our way out of facing the truth. So you know what we do? The way to avoid facing the truth is to avoid the truth. So you know what we do? We think that oh, I was paying attention, but. Such and such uh, got my attention. Uh, my my foot started aching, so I looked down. So, but I was listening. You weren't listening. You was trying to avoid the truth. Yes, wow. Because you are being double-minded. You don't want to do the work. You can't say that you want to be rich, but then still keep a poverty mentality. It ain't gonna work. You're double-minded. I'm going to just let that sink in. Just. You are right. We got it. You got to learn to draw nigh to God. Mm-hmm. Stop, thinking that it's, stop thinking that the devil 
is something that you have to constantly worry about. The devil is not going, your biggest enemy is you. Yes, it is. The biggest enemy is your flesh. The biggest opponent that has a, a supernatural power is the devil, true enough. But you can bind the devil. You can submit yourself unto God, resist the devil. And how do you resist the devil? By submitting to God. So to get rid of the devil, all you got to do is submit to God. And that causes the devil to know that you're resisting him. And then at that point, he's going to flee. But you can't do that to your flesh. Because your flesh is saying, you can deny me all you want, but I'm still here. And so you have to learn. Paul said, I beat my body. In other words, I check myself. I make sure that I don't allow, uh, here it go, these urges and all of these things that I want to overpower the will of God in my life. Yes, yes. Uh, only got two other John St. John 1 and 1 I know some of y'all can quote it in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word what was God so how do you resist part of submitting to God is getting the word on the inside of you oh lord they still not getting Mark 7 and 13 my last one are y'all understanding? You got to get the word in you. Yeah. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm getting your word in my heart so that my heart can be right. Oh, yes, Lord. There's more to living for God than him blessing you with things. You want your spirit right with God. What would it gain a man to lose the game? What would it uh, profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? It doesn't matter how much you gain. What about your soul? You only got one of them. Don't play with your one soul. And so you got to learn to submit to God by getting in his word, by realizing that God just wants to spend time with you. You're not a robot. He gives you choice, but he wants you to love on him just like you want people to love you. Amen. But let me give y'all a good indication. You can't make nobody love you. I don't care what you do for them. I English can buy Dante a Bentley, and that still ain't going to make him love her any different. He just going to leave her with the Bentley. Y'all ain't want to hear nothing what I got to say. He just, he can, he'll leave with the Bentley. You can't make people love. You think that just because, oh boy, I know this is rough. You think that just because that you made marriage vows, marriage vows to somebody that that makes them stay? Do you know how many people have had spouses that have, have left them? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy, yeah. Love is a choice. You have to choose. Love, it, it deals with loyalty. Are you? Oh, boy, I, I, must, I, I got the wrong message. I'm sorry. I, tried this food, you know, I got the wrong. First lady, I got the wrong message. You have to understand that, guess what? You have to choose God. You have to choose God in your life, and you got to know that, guess what? That, that if you want to make progress in your life, you got to get the word in you got to get the word in you. The Bible says, by the truth and sell it not. You got to get the word in you. Man. So that you won't sin and so that God can keep you. Yes. What's the old church saying? 
you can God to keep you if you want to be kept. Some people say they want to be kept, but they don't want to be kept. They want what they want. They just bring a little Jesus on it. Like it's seasoning. Jesus is not a season. You can't sprinkle a little Jesus on your situation. <laughs> He's got to be with you in your life. Mark, Mark 7 and 13. It says, it says, making the word of God. This is my, this is my ending. I, I told y'all I'm going to try to be. Making the word of God of none effect through your traditions, which uh, through your traditions, which you have delivered in many such things, do ye? You want to know what the biggest problem It's our traditions. It's our traditions that hurt us the most. It's our traditions that hurt us the most. So let me say these five things and I'm done. I'm sorry, I didn't go as quick as I want. The first thing is, rebellion is an action against God. You choose to rebel. The second thing is, rebellion has support. It's, it's not hard to find people that agree with you to rebel. See, you think that just because you got a couple of people that go to church, that just because they agree with you and you got a couple of friends and stuff, and just because they agree with you, that that means you're not rebelling. That ain't what that means. That just means you got a bunch of people that's agreeing with you to do things. Have you consulted God? When was the last time you asked God, God, am I going the right way? When was the last time you said, God, if this is you, then I know that you will confirm it with my leaders. Yes. Oh, that's giving that man too much power. See, that's why you, I know you're rebelling, because you're making statements like that. What, you don't trust the leadership you got? And if, and if you don't trust him, God, if this is you, then you will send somebody that you'll give me a sign. It's amazing. The Bible says the Jews seek after the sign, a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But don't nobody want signs. We just want to do. Because <laughs> we don't want to admit that we're rebelling. It's okay. If you want the scrap bottom of the barrel and you really don't want the will of God and you want what you want, it's okay. Go on and do you, baby. Go ahead. Go ahead and do you. But don't make it seem like God is in it. Yes. And I'm going to even be more blunt. Don't make it seem like me as your pastor is going to agree. Yep, God is in this. No, he, no, 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 he ain't. Only thing he... Look, if it's a house and God ain't spoke to me about it, I'm going to just say what I would say in any basic situation. Oh, okay, that's nice. But if you're asking me if this is God, you're going to have to give me time to pray about it. I'm not going to tell you that it's God and I haven't prayed about it. And, or God hasn't spoke to me about it. But if he spoke to me about it, I'll tell you, you know what? God had already let me know about that. There are things that God tell me about all of the members of the church. You want to know why? Because I'm the pastor. Yeah. Go figure. Ain't that amazing? That God would actually tell the pastor what people are going through that he's pastoring. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. But y'all don't want to believe it. Some of y'all are struggling to believe it, but that's true. It's amazing. But God gives me insight to your lives because I am your leader that really wants what God has for you. I'm not after your money. I got a job. I'm not after a relationship. I got a wife. I'm not after your kids. I got kids. I'm not after your money. I'm not after your car. I got a car. 
I, I am not after anybody or I ain't got no alternative motive. I don't need to pastor to boost my self-esteem. I'm good. Because God made me fearfully and wonderfully made, and I got a wife that loved me that say, baby, you the greatest. I don't need nothing for my self-esteem. I am good. I promise you I'm good. I'm not pastoring because I need to do for some self-grandized reason. I'm doing because it is the will of God. And God has confirmed it with signs following, with people letting me know that before I even wanted to pastor, even while I'm pastoring. Some of y'all been around when people have came up and said, you know, and, t- and gave words about your pastor. Amen. Y'all understand what I'm saying. My last two points. God, who is his word, wants you to know that he wants you, that he want to be in you and lead you. You got to want God to be in you and lead you. You got to get the word in you. The fourth one is submit to God by your choices, by prayer, by reading his word, talking to God, talking to God and taking his word in and meditating on it. Stop just reading the Bible and you ain't thinking about the things that you read. Your traditions are making God of none effect because you read in the Bible like it's just a book. Mm-hmm. You got to meditate on it. Mm-hmm. The scriptures tell us that he meditates, that when it talks about uh, a blessed individual, he, medita- he meditates on the word of God both day and night. You got to give time to meditate on the words that you've been reading. Mm-hmm. My last one is don't allow our family culture, our, our, our um our racial culture or our national culture being an American kill the effect of God's word in your life. It'll kill it. Because in American culture, it says you can do whatever you want to do. In your family culture, we only go on Christmas Easter only. In your racial culture, all it is is that you got to know a few other songs. We come this far. See, that's your, that's a racial culture. Because all black people know them songs. But don't let that make the word a none effect. And my last statement is something that God put on my mind to tell you. He said, let y'all know that God can bless you if you just obey him. God can bless you if you just obey him. So what road are you going to take? What way are you going to take? I want to go his way. I want to go his way. I want to go his way. I know what it's like. All y'all always talk about church, church. I know what it's like when you feel like you've been wronged in the church. But you were so strong in the streets. As soon as you come in church, they tell you to, to be quiet and obey, obey your leaders. Now all of a sudden, you so emotional and your feelings hurt. You were so strong in the street. Why all of a sudden you so strong in the street? And now you so soft at the church. Right. Wait, wait, what's up with all of that? Why are you so weak now? Where all your courage now? You like the lion from the Wizard of Oz, if I only had courage. What happened to your courage now? Stop letting the devil punk you. Stop letting people cho- uh, choose to manipulate you. Uh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done.